Hey, quick update for my most loyal listeners. I've just created a subscription podcast feed called Pew Pew Premium that you can subscribe to and get exclusive original content. And I'm not telling exactly everybody about it just yet. If you're interested, check it out at pewpewpremium.com. Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 43 Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From those who are deceitful and unjust, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you cast me off? Why must I walk about mournfully because of the oppression of the enemy? Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the harp, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. Ezekiel chapter 13, verses 1 through 16. The word of the Lord came to me. Mortal, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who are prophesying. Say to those who prophesy out of their own imagination, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Alas for the senseless prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Your prophets have been like jackals among ruins, O Israel. You have not gone up into the breaches or repaired a wall for the house of Israel, so that it might stand in battle on the day of the Lord. They have envisioned falsehood and lying divination. They say, says the Lord, when the Lord has not sent them, and yet they wait for the fulfillment of their word. Have you not seen a false vision or uttered a lying divination when you have said, says the Lord, even though I did not speak? Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Because you have uttered falsehood and envisioned lies, I am against you, says the Lord God. My hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and utter lying divinations. They shall not be in the council of my people, nor be enrolled in the register of the house of Israel. Nor shall they enter the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord God. Because in truth, because they have misled my people, saying, Peace, when there is no peace. And because when the people build the wall, these prophets smear whitewash on it. Say to those who smear whitewash on it that it shall fall. There shall be a deluge of rain, great hailstones will fall, and a stormy wind will break out. When the wind falls, will it not be said to you, Where is the whitewash you smeared on it? Therefore thus says the Lord God, In my wrath I will make a stormy wind break out, and in my anger there shall be a deluge of rain, and hailstones in wrath to destroy it. I will break down the wall that you have smeared with whitewash, and bring it to the ground, so that its foundation will be laid bare. When it falls, you shall perish within it, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Thus I will send my wrath upon the wall and upon those who smeared it with whitewash. And I will say to you, the wall is no more. Those who smeared it, the prophets of Israel who prophesied concerning Jerusalem and saw visions of peace for it, when there was no peace, says the Lord God. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1-3 through 3. 
But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive opinions. They will even deny the master who, who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Even so, many will follow their licentious ways, and because of these teachers, the way of truth will be maligned. And in their greed, they will exploit you with deceptive words. Their condemnation, pronounced against them long ago, has not been idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Good morning, and welcome to the 22nd Friday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac, broadcasting from the from Imesville, Maryland. Uh, this morning's readings come to us from Psalm 43, Ezekiel 13, and 2 Peter 2. However, being the, um, let's say the 30th of October, is the feast day of a soldier saint by the name of Marcellus, who was um, martyred in Tangier? He's of Tangier. Um, so he's stationed near Tangier in, uh, in the the third uh, century. Uh, most sources have like the late 290s. Marcellus um, was uh, a Roman centurion, so he commit a commander. It's very rare to find common foot soldiers in these stories because they're typically something more like reservists, like um, they were usually drawn from provincial kind of areas, didn't have a whole lot of training, and then were you know, kind of, they were let go. They didn't have the same kind of requirements that a centurion had. Um, but also, especially at this time, the late 3rd, early 4th century, so like the 290s to the to like 312, um, the, the church was being persecuted um, and specifically, the emperor was trying to cleanse the Roman army of Christians. Um, the, the emperor most known to do this is Diocletian, but there was kind of a small handful of emperors in the Tetrarch that did this to varying degrees. And so these stories of soldier saints are, are largely, they're historically reliable. There's some elements of embellishment, but Marcellus stands out. Um, as one uh, that is probably true because other later tales kind of draw elements from it. Um, and this this tale seems to be kind of the oldest to which uh, others can be traced. But anyway, uh, Marcellus um, was stationed, as I said, in Tangier. And at some point, uh, as a centurion, he would have been of some rank. It's unclear exactly how long he was in. Um, because centurions are kind of like the lowest-ranking mid-managers in the Roman military. So he may not have been in that long, but he had connections, and so he was a centurion instead of, you know, something else. Anyway, at some point, uh, while serving under the emperor Maximian, um, he just decided uh, when the, the birthday celebration of the Roman gods came about, he decided that um, he could not you know, participate in, um, in these celebrations. And he declared himself, um, he just, he declared himself a, oh, dang it. Uh, he declared himself a Christian and he, um, threw down his military belt and, 
um, his, his sword and some of his armor. And he was taken to a judge and charged with, um, charged with insurrection or, or, you know, failure to, you know, worship the gods. And the reason this was typically the charge in this kind of, you know, time frame, um, was that the, the Roman, uh, empire was beginning its decline, very early stages of decline, um, uh, either due to size or political decisions or, uh, you know, just kind of circumstances beyond its control, perhaps. But Diocletian um, had this idea that, uh, you know, there's, and it wasn't new, Nero did the same thing. There's a problem, and he needed a scapegoat. The problem that Diocletian saw was that the that that Rome is in decline, and the scapegoat he chose was the church, just like Nero chose Christians to blame uh, the fire that he probably started um, back in the sixties. And uh, so the the danger or the the problem, as he saw it, was that the Christians are failing to worship God, the Roman gods, and the Roman gods are mad at us, and they are failing to show us favor. And he had the most direct control and ability to carry out a persecution or to carry out his will um, within the Roman army. Um, because, uh, you know, in a, in a very lightly similar way, uh, the emperors were commanders and chiefs as well. You know, they'd, ra- they'd gone through the ranks, and that's typically how emperors retained power. They had armies loyal to them. Um, and so that was just... Uh, approximate um, kind of solution to him is to to bring the hammer down on the military and that meant in particular officers um, and so Marcellus and many other Christian soldiers uh, in this kind of 20 30 year period um, they were expected to show very overtly a certain you know deference or, or to perform some ritual that symbolize their belief in and allegiance to the Roman gods. And um, Marcellus and many others were unwilling to do that. Uh, in Marcellus's case, he was taken before a judge. He was tried for treason or, you know, insurrection or, or apostasy was a really popular one. Um, and he was uh, condemned and beheaded. Um, and he pleaded guilty. I mean, he, he didn't hide the fact that he was not going to worship the Roman gods. Um, and there's all kinds of legendary stuff around Marcellus because he's, this story is probably true and it's one of the older ones. Um, there's one story about St. Cassian, who was kind of the court reporter at his trial, uh, who got so upset that, that you know, the monkey, or the monkey, kangaroo, that's <laughs> the the animal I was thinking of, the kangaroo court that he also uh, renounced the Roman gods and was martyred. Um, there's a whole kind of series of stories. Um, I don't know if they're actually soldier saints. Some of them are. But supposedly Marcellus and his wife had 12 sons, and each of the sons was also killed. And these sons will sometimes also be um, soldier saints. So... Uh, Emeterius and Caledonius, um, who I, I don't know, I think I have actually covered them several months ago. Um, they're sometimes named as one of Marcellus's sons, um, but a lot of this stuff is 
probably not true. Um, the popularity of some of these stories is such that people, you know, it becomes like fan fiction. Um, so there's this core element of the story that's preserved for the most part, and then copies, as they're distributed, people kind of attach their own stories to it, either for credibility or admiration or whatever. Um, and so I, uh, you'll see the, the episode art is different on these feast days of soldier saints. Um, I use uh, an image of them rather than the typical, you know, first formation cover art. Um, because uh, it's something that serves to remind us in the modern church that Christian soldiers are, you know, they've been around for a while. Uh, there's nothing novel about them. Um, that uh, we, for the most part in the modern world, have neglected to look uh, critically and inquisitively at the history of the military and the church and how they're interwoven. Um, and that's what Pew Pew HQ is all about, is to provide a means of understanding, accessing that history and that those traditions and honoring uh, those who have served um, without... Um, hopefully without falling into the trap of just kind of putting them up on pedestals. Um, so Marcellus is one of those uh, soldier saints and Christian soldiers who are members of the church and who have something to share, something to teach um, us today. Um, it isn't always what we think it's going to teach us, um, but it, they, you know, to to remove them from our tradition is to, you know, is is to not give our own tradition uh, you know, a fair shake. We don't get to choose who it is that our, our spiritual forebears have, have venerated as um, especially exemplary. Um, and so Marcellus is one of these who, um, you know, we know existed and it's very, uh, it's a challenge to reconcile um, sometimes for some Christians to reconcile his military service with his deep and abiding faith. Um, but Marcellus, um, every day, I think, or every year at Notre Dame, um, his his relics, or part of his relics, I think, are uh, beneath the altar at the Basilica at, Notre, at the University of Notre Dame. And every year, the Catholic Peace Fellowship ha- reads from his his passion, his the story of his execution, um, and awards a Marcellus award to a peacemaker that they've that they've chosen. And so Marcellus is still alive. The, the, the power and influence and um, the, um, you know, his story still remains alive today through, um, the, through in the church, through the, uh, the witness of places like um, Catholic Peace Fellowship and Pew Pew HQ. Prayer for those who suffer for the sake of conscience in the Book of Common Prayer. O God, our Father, whose Son forgave his enemies while he was suffering shame and death, strengthen those who suffer for the sake of conscience. When they are accused, save them from speaking and hate. When they are rejected, save them from bitterness. When they are imprisoned, save them from despair. And to us, your servants, give grace to respect their witness and to discern the truth, that our society may be cleansed and strengthened, 
This we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our merciful and righteous judge. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.